Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Savvy souls, most of us, whether we know it or not, are on a quest to feel more alive, or at least that's what I believe. We're on a quest to make the choices or decisions that help us do that, help us feel more alive. And it always comes down to one thing. And that thing is becoming more of ourselves, feeling like we're becoming more of ourselves. Today, I want to talk about a surprising way you can become more of yourself. It's surprising because it involves you pretending to be different than you are, to have different personal qualities than you do, to be like someone you're not, to believe something that you're not sure about or maybe even doubt involves pretending. So that's a surprising way to become more of yourself, but I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So the first way you can pretend in a self-supporting and affirmative way, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being inauthentic or pretending in a way that makes you feel terrible. I'm talking about ways to pretend in a self-supporting and affirmative way. So the first way you can do this is pretend to have personal qualities that you believe are important or desirable, but you believe that you lack. You didn't get in the lottery to receive those attributes. So I'm going to share a story from when I was a teenager. When I was... um say anywhere from age 10 or 11 until I graduated from high school, I was really shy and kind of socially awkward and it fed into itself. So I used to drink at parties that I grew up in Saskatchewan. So that was a big thing um, in a way to overcome my shyness Um, But I really, that was something, it was a way I described myself that, hey, I'm kind of shy and socially awkward and I don't know what to do in social situations. And then when I was 15, I got a job at McDonald's. McDonald's was a really exciting place to be at that time in Saskatoon, where I grew up. It was the first McDonald's in the city and it was a place where the teenagers would drive down 8th Street and go hang in McDonald's. So it was extremely cool, even though you wouldn't think about it that way now. And I applied for a job there and I got it. And it involved me mostly being on cash and having to talk to all the customers who came in. And I decided... I could be the friendly, smiling, very unshy person that they valued in an employee's 
even showed us films about how to be that way. So I just pretended not to be shy, to be really friendly. And I very quickly found in that job that I didn't feel shy at all. I felt friendly. I was able to engage in conversation with customers as they came came in and make people smile. And that fed through to my interactions with the staff. And I just wasn't shy there at all. And I realized that shyness for me, even though it might have been a natural tendency in me to be shy, was also a habit, something I just practiced over and over again and believed was true about me. But I desired not to be shy. And McDonald's taught me that part of who I am is not to be shy, is to be outgoing and friendly and a people person. So everything we think about who we are, Savvy Souls, and what our personality is, really is a story that we reinforce through our behavior and our actions over and over again. And we think it's just who we are. But I want to share that if you have a desire to be bolder, or a desire to be more courageous, or a better listener, or quieter, or more confident, anything, any quality like that you desire, I believe that's because there's an inner part of you that knows that quality is available to you. And you can just pretend to be that way. You can just try on that quality. So catch yourself when you say things like, oh, I wish I were more confident or whatever it is. And then Pretend to yourself, lie to yourself and say, hey, I'm a confident person who speaks up at meetings or I'm not shy at all. I'm friendly or whatever it is. Try telling yourself that you have that quality and behave that way. And that will kind of reinforce this new quality that is more you. Another example of how I did this in my own life was when I became a new mother in my 30s, I had to run. I was always physically fit, but I used to go to aerobics classes and things like that in a social environment. But once I had a baby, the only way I could stay fit was to begin running. And I didn't view myself as a runner. And more than that, even I hated running, but it was literally the only thing that I could do at that time or the only thing that I could think of. So what I decided to do about two miserable weeks in it, it was cold in Toronto, there's still snow outside. And I was outside in the morning running, feeling pretty miserable about it. And I decided to just pretend I'm a runner. I'm a person who loves running And so I just started to pretend, oh, I love this. And I was literally lying to myself as I went saying, oh, I love running. And I just pretended to love it. And so I just kept pretending that I was a person who loved running. And within three weeks, I became that person before I'd had the habit of not liking running not being that person who likes to run. 
And I became a person who loved running and I ran for about 15 years until I wrecked my knee. So I assumed the quality of a runner. So you can find qualities that you want to become, that you desire to become, and assume that that's more of who you are. And just start behaving that way and it will become you. The second way I want to talk about pretending is pretending to be someone that you admire or who's achieved something you want in a way you admire and respect. Someone who shows up in a way you wish you could. And just pretend to be that person now. One of my examples that I used a lot when I was mentoring people as a lawyer, mentoring my team, um, because it worked so well for me, was I worked with this guy in my group, and his name was Trent Henry. And he was really great with clients, and he was also just really had a infectious energy that led him to become quickly promoted as a leader in our firm. And he became the chief executive officer of Ernst & Young in Canada and ultimately rose up to be, I think, second in command worldwide, although I don't track those things, but something like that. So when I was there, I noticed that he behaved in a way that was different than me. He made choices in a different way than me with a lot more self-confidence and feeling of assurance that clients would like him, feeling of assurance that he knew what was best, feeling of assurance that he could decide quickly and make the right decision. So what I started to do was when I was struggling, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to advise a client, not knowing how to navigate through a po firm political situation or anything, I just pretended to be Trent. And suddenly I knew exactly what the answers were. I knew exactly what to do. And I became not Trent, but I became that confident leader that I was seeing in him. And I got promoted into leadership. And so what I used to advise my staff, people that were struggling is to look up a level, pretend that they were one level higher than they were, or look at a person they admire and pretend to be that person already and make decisions accordingly. And that really, really worked well for a lot of people because the qualities of the person they were admiring, um, who had achieved what they wanted to achieve already, were already in them and that's why they admired them. There's this exercise I've done with clients and it's always been really impactful and successful for them. And that is something that you can do too. So imagine somebody that you really admire, some celebrity or somebody who's famous in a field. It could be Beyonce, it could be Steve Jobs, it could be Eckhart Tolle, it could be the CEO of your firm. It could be the artist who owns the amazing gallery around the corner from where you live. And then say to yourself, I'm that person now. Try to inhabit the qualities of that person, the essence of that person, the knowing of that person, and ask yourself, what decision 
would I make right now? How would I show up right now? How would I act right now? What would I say right now? What would I think right now? How would I be feeling right now? And when you do this, you'll find that answers pop up and you already know. You'll discover those qualities are already in you. And you'll discover that you already know exactly what to do. That can be a really, really useful way of becoming more of who you are. We see those qualities in other people. That's why we admire them because we know that what's in them is in us too. So the third way of pretending is something I came to late in life because I used to think any beliefs I had were absolute. Basically, I thought any beliefs I had were true. If I believe something, it must be true. In fact, all beliefs are just thoughts we're choosing to think over and over again. That's why you can be totally convinced this one thing is right, and I can be totally convinced this other thing is right. We both believe that our beliefs are true. And the fact is, they're just thoughts that we each have practiced a lot. So I want to talk about pretending to yourself, not to other people, just to yourself, to believe something that's not evidently true to you. I want you to do that because it's a good way to open yourself up to new possibilities. So what I'm really talking about is opening up to what I'll call mystical ideas. Trying something on, even though you have doubts about it or can't be certain about it. And to do that because the impact of believing it on your life is amazing. Because believing it causes you to think or feel or act in different ways that help you create different results. So I'm going to share my own mystical story that I've chosen to pretend to myself was actually true in a way that's continued to be helpful in my life and my artistic career. So several years ago in Toronto, the AGO, the Art Gallery of Ontario, had this special exhibition called Mystical Landscapes. And it was based on a thesis of the curator that this group of famous painters like Monet and Van Gogh and people like that, that they had been basically inspired by mystical beliefs and that was reflected in their landscape painting. And she shared her theory, the curator shared her theory with the curator for the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. And they decided to do this incredible joint exhibition with all of these world-famous paintings in a, in Toronto. And that they had this amazing opportunity um, that I decided to sign up for as an AGO member. And that was, they had a meditation course that went for three different Mondays, which is the day the museum is closed, um, where we would learn to meditate with these incredible mystical paintings around us. So the first day of this was with a monk 
from the Musée d'Orsay. And he showed us how to meditate. And then we got to choose three different paintings to meditate in front of for 20 minutes. So the first painting I chose was a haystack painting by Monet, Claude Monet. Uh, Claude Monet painted several versions of this haystack painting in different colors in different light. And I had always loved Monet. I wasn't so keen about the haystack paintings before this experience, but that was his painting available in the room. So I went and stood in front of it. And amazing things happened to me during that kind of meditation in front of the painting. I could start to feel the essence of it. I could see a few squiggly lines transform into very specific architectural details of the village behind the haystack. And most importantly, it felt like Manet was there with me. I could feel his presence with me, kind of guiding me to see the world the way he did. And it felt really, really real. And afterwards, the monk who'd been leading the session came up to me and said, I watched you meditating in front of the Manet haystack painting. And that look on your face made me wonder if you were having the same experience I had. And then he described the exact same experience. So I decided to adopt the belief that Claude Manet is somehow a guiding force for me who shows me how to see things to see the world differently, to encourage me. And it's not like I believe I'm actually him or will ever paint like him, but I'm choosing to believe that this creative spirit of Manet is there with me. And I don't care, quite frankly, whether it's true or not. I don't need to know whether it's true or not. I can never know that, but I get to believe it because it has a huge impact on how I approach my painting, on my ability to carry through when I get discouraged, and how I see the world. When I imagine him there guiding me, I just see the world differently. The truth is, savvy souls, everything we already believe, we can't actually know it to be true. The parts of our brain and the parts of the world around us that we've actually discovered and fully understand is maybe a millionth or a trillionth of what's out there. Like there's a whole bunch of senses we don't have. There's insects that see the world completely differently, that see so much more color than we can ever know about. So we can't know about any of our beliefs, but what we can know is what the impact of any belief that we choose has on us. We can know if holding on to that belief makes us act or think or feel in a way that makes our life better, makes our life feel more manageable, makes our life feel more fulfilling or more filled with possibility. So savvy souls, I'd like you to imagine this. 
Pretend there's a creative spirit, or a scientific genius, or a great philosopher energy already in you. Imagine that that spirit or genius or energy is always with you. Allow that energy to infuse you, guide you. So as I said, for me, it's not like I was ever going to paint like Monet. I'm going to paint like myself. That's why I'm talking about becoming more of who you are. Having that spirit of Monet in me, that belief of having that spirit of Monet in me, causes me to paint more like myself. If I pretend this is true for me, I see light differently. I see beauty in an ordinary field. I trust my painting process. I stay with the belief I can create a quality that's mine in my painting. So for you, Savvy Souls, imagine the spirit of a great historical genius that you admire is actually in you, an inner guide who's always available to guide you. And let that belief play out in how you operate in the world. Or a different way to conceptualize this is to pretend that there's an essence, a spirit, an energy that is creative genius, that is scientific genius, that is philosophical or poetic or musical genius. It's a general energy out there and has always been there. And all that happened to those real-world historical geniuses was that they opened themselves to that spirit, to that energy and that essence. And it was their tremendous openness that led them to the expression of that genius in their lifetime. And imagine that that spirit, that energy is available to you and all you have to do is open up to it and pretend it's in you and let it guide your actions and let that take you to a better place. There's no harm in pretending, right? You never have to prove whether it's true or not. It doesn't matter what's, what matters is the impact it has on you. So Savvy Souls, that's my surprising trick. Pretend your way to becoming more of who you are. Think of it this way. The limitations you're experiencing right now, the ways you believe you're stuck, the qualities you think you don't have but want, the frustrations you have with yourself, the vast majority of that is just you pretending something that's false and unhelpful and that isn't really you. Now, of course, you might face, you probably do face, we all face real limitations, illness, physical limitations, financial circumstances and constraints, political or social turmoil. I'm not dismissing those things or asking you to imagine them away. What I am asking you to consider is that the things you desire to become, the things you yearn for at a deep level, 
just consider the possibility that those things are available to you, that they are you, they are who you really are. And all you have to do is try pretending here and there that you're already that person. You already have that quality. Make decisions as though you had that quality or you were that person. See the world the way you would with that attribute or if you were that person. Walk into a room as if that's who you really are because it is. Open yourself, savvy souls, to believing that's who you are and you'll become more of who you really are. See you next time, Savvy Souls. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.